Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I was helicoptered to a, a local trauma center. I broke both femurs. I broke my tibia on one side. I broke up some bones in my feet, ankle. My knee is pretty messed up. So I've got all that. And so they put me into an induced coma. And the first thing I remember is waking up in the ICU and probably just going right back to sleep. I remember sleeping a lot. I was in the ICU for two and a half months and then I was in just another hospital room of the same hospital, I believe for about a month until I got transferred to a nursing home. And I lived in the nursing home for about seven months. I did not get therapy for depression, but I did start exercising on my own a couple years after the stroke. And honestly, that just pulled me out of it. And I still work out to this day. I have started a Facebook group and we talk about exercise and just stroke recovery in general. It's called the Stroke Sweat Squad and a lot of S's. So sometimes I get tongue tied, but it's a group of just everybody from any range of their recovery. We have somebody that just had one a month ago just join and then you've got people like me who are 11 years in, you know. So it's just a place to impart knowledge. We're learning from each other's recoveries. No, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of recovery with a stroke. However, there are things that help to one person that can help another. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. For people who suffer from traumatic brain injuries, there's a slight increase in the chance of suffering from an acute ischemic stroke. That's because blood vessels in and around the brain become damaged and that can lead to clots forming. In this episode, we'll hear from Michelle Jensen, originally from Minnesota, now living in South Dakota, who suffered a stroke at the age of 25. I had a car accident and the car accident was August 5th and it was in 2009. I don't exactly know about the car accident because I have no memory, but I was driving the left lane and somebody pulled out and we had a car accident. I was helicoptered to a, a local trauma center. I broke both femurs. I broke my tibia on one side. I broke up some bones in my feet, ankle. My knee is pretty messed up. So I've got all that. And so they put me into an induced coma. And the first thing I remember is waking up in the ICU 
and probably just going right back to sleep. I remember sleeping a lot. I was in the ICU for two and a half months, and then I was in just another hospital room of the same hospital, I believe for about a month until I got transferred to a nursing home. And I lived in the nursing home for about seven months. They did help me walk when I could walk. That that wasn't for a little while after I got there. I did get a speech therapist that would come in and visit me, but she wasn't part of the nursing home. It's just a nursing home. I was able to have people come visit me once I was off the tube feeding because I couldn't eat for the first like 10 months of my recovery. So once I was off the tube feeding and I could walk, I was able to like go on a home visit. But my mom would seriously come in like every night if I called her and watch TV with me. So I did have a lot of support. In the early stages of her recovery, Michelle suffered from depression, but soon found a new lease of life through exercise. I did not get therapy for depression, but I did start exercising on my own a couple years after the stroke. And honestly, that just pulled me out of it. And I still work out to this day. I was visiting a aunt and uncle in Colorado And so my aunt would drive me around in the Rockies and we would go for a hike and we would walk around their house and stuff like that. And I just felt so good there. And then when I got back to Florida, I just walked to the gym just to walk on the treadmill. I just kind of started walking everywhere. It got me to think about what I wanted to do next. I went back to college and I got my degree and then I ended up in South Dakota to get a bachelor's degree. I just kept the walking up here. Eventually I found strength training and that's where I saw like improvements in my hand, my left hand. So that's where I really realized that exercise got me out of it and just got me back into life. I try to do six days a week. On a regular basis, I'm really trying to work on planks right now because of the core strength that you have to have to do them, as well as working my wrist, my hand. I try to keep my fingers flat on the mat. If I'm having a bad hand day, then I'll do a forearm plank just to still get the core work. So I do those a lot. I do bicep curls a lot. And some of the resistance bands that I have have handles. If I can't hold the weight, but usually I can put a weight in my hand and hold it for a few reps, at least depending on the weight, I've dropped more weights than I could probably count, but I can usually hold on to them pretty good. Squats are a big one and lunges. So those are probably my exercises that I do the most. Over 10 years on from her stroke, Michelle is in a much better place. Mentally, I'm in a really good space. I have started a Facebook group and we talk about exercise and just stroke recovery in general. It's called the Stroke Sweat Squad and a lot of S's. So sometimes I get tongue tied, but it's a group of just everybody from any range of their recovery. We have somebody that just had one a month ago, just join. And then you've got people like me who are 11 years in, you know? So it's just a place to 
impart knowledge. We're learning from each other's recoveries. No, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of recovery with a stroke. However, there are things that help to one person that can help another. So it's an information sharing place. It's a place where we talk about the bad days and the gains. So it's just a really, really great group. And I try to keep a really positive positive spin on everything because I mindset is so big. And personally, because I was so out of it just right after my stroke, I know mindset has so much to do with our recovery. You are more likely to do the therapy. And that's my whole goal with all of this is for people to understand that it's so, so important. As well as I do YouTube videos, I will film talking about the things that I'm doing in my therapy. I'll show exercises. I do exercise videos, just ideas. It's focused on recovery from a stroke as well as exercise. I believe that doing that and trying to help others with their recovery to not have to quite have as hard of recovery as I have had, I think that has helped mentally so much. And as far as physically, I still have the hand, my left hand, it opens and closes and I can put stuff in it, but grabbing things, I'm still working on the dexterity and the finger movements. I can't move my thumb very well, but it's coming and I am very optimistic. I know I'll get there. I don't know how long it'll take me, but I know I will. Michelle's crash left her with life-changing injuries and a long recovery ahead. Thanks to her determination and focus on health and fitness, movement and dexterity is returning to her left side. Coming up in Stroke Stories... Michelle talks openly about the effects of the crash that she still experiences. I also have a chronic nauseousness uh, due to that car accident as well. And if I get too bad, if I get too sick, my mom will fly to my house and take care of me. She's actually here right, right now taking care of me. And about getting involved with support groups. I would say get some outside support a support group, even though the support group's online, like the Stroke Sweat Squad, it gives that person the community, whether it's in person or online, of people who have been there. Let's hear what Michelle thinks she missed out on during her early recovery. That's one of the things that I wish had happened. I have my parents' support. However, you know, they haven't been there. So they don't, they didn't know what to do. They had no idea. And so I think that if I had been a little bit more prepared, I didn't even know what a stroke was when I had one. I also have a blog, so I should say that. And that's one of my goals with the blog is to share all the information that I wish I knew 10 years ago. No, I didn't have help from any charities, nothing. I've had a few jobs since the stroke, but I had to leave or I was not able to do the job so that they... I don't work now, but I kind of look at the stroke information, the stroke sweat squad and exercise for therapy, kind of my job at the moment. And I'm just focusing on that. 
going and volunteering at the Y most days. And that's where I'm at right now. It has really shown me the value of the internet. I mean, really, that's how we have stayed connected. And that's how I connect with other survivors. I I feel that I'm in a better place now, honestly, because of my stroke. I feel the mental changes that have happened and the things I've gone through, especially being at that age. I almost feel stunted in a way as far as the age thing goes because I kind of checked out and stopped growing. But I'm trying to make up for that now. And to my goal is just to be a better person and improve that 1% each day. I also have a chronic nauseousness uh, due to that car accident as well. And if I get too bad, if I get too sick, my mom will fly to my house and take care of me. She's actually here right, right now taking care of me. I had a close head injury and my vagus nerve was damaged. So I developed something called gastroparesis. And the main symptom that I deal with personally is the nauseousness. And so if I eat too much, if I eat the wrong things, if I don't get enough sleep, if I don't get enough activity, those are the four things that really affect whether I get sick or not. And it seems like if I get into a sick spell, I stay there for months. And if I get into a good streak, I stay there for months. So it's just kind of trying to break out of that that bad streak if I'm in it. And Michelle has plenty of great advice for stroke survivors and their loved ones. To a loved one of a stroke survivor, I would definitely say just support them. If they're having a bad day, just let them talk and don't necessarily try to fix everything. I would also say as far as therapy and recovery of half the body, I would say don't try to do too much for the person. Let them try it first and then help them if they need the help. And I would say get some outside support, a support group, even though the support group's online like the Stroke Sweat Squad, it gives that person the community, whether it's in person or online, of people who have been there. And to the stroke survivor, I would definitely say do your therapy. (laughs) I didn't have a chance really to work on my hand 10 years ago. And time, you can make gains 10 plus years out like I am. They're easier and they come faster the closer you are to the date that you had the stroke. So the younger stroke life you have, it is easier and it does come faster. The the brain is trying to heal really at that point. I wish I had gotten some buddies to talk to, whether that was a professional or the groups, because eventually I found support groups online. and. That was super helpful. And so then I started my own uh, to focus on the exercise, which I was so passionate about. I think that having somebody mentally to talk to probably would have gotten me more to do my therapy back then because here in the United States, you have an insurance company and 
the minute you stop making progress in therapy and when the therapist can't really say that if it's helping anymore or not, you kind of get cut off. And because I didn't do my exercises at home because I was just interested in everything. And I, and like I said, I, I didn't know what stroke was. I didn't know that I could recover my hand. So I didn't, didn't try. And so I feel like it's my fault in that way. But I do wish that somebody had kind of just sat me down and said, this is what a stroke is. This is how the recovery process goes. Do your therapy. Michelle has so much drive and commitment towards her recovery, and she also dedicates a lot of her time to volunteering, as well as being involved with online stroke support groups. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. My right-hand foot would just suddenly lose coordination completely, and I would be like, why has that happened? And it wouldn't be every time, but it was, was quite noticeable. Handwriting as well started to deteriorate and I just started to get aches and pain in my right hand side for what I thought was no reason at all. Please do subscribe to our podcast and rate and comment on the episodes to help us spread the word and if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share please do we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.